is Tyler Bryant. And the Shakedown. And you're listening to the Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 297 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got a cool one because we've got Tyler Bryant joining us. If you don't know Tyler Bryant, first off, shame on you. Second off, as soon as this is over, crank up his new album, Pressure, because it is fantastic. Wouldn't you say? Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah, this is a that's that's a discussion. I guess we should have like probably not while we're recording, but I just started talking about it. But is this classify okay. as hard rock? Could we put it in our list of top albums of the year? I don't know because we always have that discussion. There's always those borderline stuff we love, but does it classify as hard rock? Because we try oh, to... I think so, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I always so. figure that discussions for you know shit like. Sturgill Simpson or Old Crow Medicine Show or, yeah. or you know, whatever, other other genres. Right. Uh, but I, I think that... <clears throat> as long as it's rock and roll, we're good. Yeah, as long as it's rock and roll, I, I think anything goes. You okay. Know? Um, so that means... So this would definitely be Tyler Bryant, Mitch Perry yeah. are going to end up on our list. Yeah. Hey, if that's <laughs> if that's what if that's what you think, if that's what I think, that's what it, that's what it is. Yeah. But this is a great record. Uh, you know, pressure the 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 lead track is just fucking. I think it's one of the best things he's ever done. Wow. Live, they're something to see live. Tyler Bryant shakedown. So I mean, yeah, this is great. It's great that we got him on. This is awesome. Yeah. We'll be talking a little bit more about him here in a bit. We're going to play some music, talk about a couple other things, as always. But first, got to let you know, we're sponsored by DEB Concerts, a promoter based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that brings a ton of great acts to the downtown Tulsa area at the IDL Ballroom and the BOK Center. They also book the Roadhouse Stage at Rocklahoma. Coming up in December on the 12th, Lita Ford will be returning to the Ideal Ballroom, playing an acoustic show with Patrick Kennison. So you get something a little different. You can check out there from Lita Ford. The show will be opened by Palandria, who will also be acoustic. And that show will also be hosted by Eddie Trunk. And then Lita Ford will be coming back in April. April 10th, downtown Tulsa, in the streets out in front of the Ideal Ballroom, Queensryche, along with Lita Ford, Anita Strauss, and the Bullet Boys. So, well, I mentioned this on the last episode. You weren't with me. This is the first time we're sitting here together, so we hadn't really talked about this. What do you think of that lineup? It's a great lineup. That's definitely one that will uh, draw that crowd and put butts in the streets. That's right. Um, you know, I hope it goes on. I hope it's safe enough to go on. Yeah. Uh, time will tell. Uh, that's a strong bill uh, during any any time. That's right. Looking forward to checking that out. Nita Strauss, you know, seeing her live would be really cool. Right. And her I'm, solo venture. I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've heard her solo stuff. Uh, so this will be interesting to uh, see her kind of branch out into this kind of thing. Yeah. So, and the yeah. Bullet Boys are back, uh, all original members. So. Right, right. But yeah, all that coming up soon so check out dbconcerts.com for ticket info and to be kept up to date on any other info coming from them sunset tattoo is a tattoo shop in tulsa midtown area their tattoos are done good and proper is the slogan they are state licensed and most importantly they are mother approved 
They've got over 25 years of experience. You can check out all their work on their Facebook page, which is Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, and their Instagram is at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Jake and his crew do amazing work. Check out all those pictures and give them a call or shoot them a message so they can set up a time to have a consultation and check out what you want to have done from Sunset Tattoo. And of course, tell them that Underground sent you. Med Farm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They're right there off the highway. You can check out their entire selection at leafly.com. Their website is medfarmok.com. Check them out on their socials. Med Farm on Facebook, P-H-A-R-M, and Instagram is at medfarmok, and they're always running specials on there. They also always run the special that if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool. Most importantly, they're cannabis with a cause because 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. So that's a, a huge reason for you to support these guys and get out here. You can also call ahead or text your order ahead and go right through their drive through and pick it up that way. So you're helping out animals and you're helping yourself save time. So get over there to Med Farm and tell them we sent you. Finally, we've got Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Hot Sauce Company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check them all out on their website, hellahothotsauce.com. If you're on the West Coast, they're in a lot of stores out there. But if you're anywhere else, get on that website, check them out. They've got some collaborations with some metal artists. Ghoul has a sauce called Brain Jerk. Florida Frank from Hatebreed has a sauce called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. You can also buy merch for that one, like t-shirts and stickers, I believe. So get on Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram and tell them Thunder Underground sent you. All right. Tomorrow is Friday the 13th, and ACDC has their first new album in, what, 11 years? Yeah, something like that. Is that right? Was it 2009 or 10? No, wasn't it? Or 8? Fuck, I can't even remember. Black Eyes. 2014? No. Rock or Bust. Oh, that's right. I completely let that one slip right on by. That's all right. Sorry, she got me here for (laughs) Right. The ACDC encyclopedia right here. (laughs) I don't know about that. That'd probably be our buddy Travis Davis, actually, but... Right. We are here to tell you that, just like the rest of you, we've all heard the first track that came out here a few weeks ago. Now the second track just came out this week called Reveal. Realize. Oh, look. <laughs> Man, you're batting a thousand today, goddammit. What yeah. the fuck? I'm just going on a whim here. I don't have any notes. I knew it started with R-E-L. I almost said relive, revile, reveal. Realize. Realize. Okay. Uh, I, I like it. It's a great song. Um, I like those. I always like those those tried and true, unmistakable uh, ACDC background vocals. Yeah. It's kind of like a 58-year-old demon that's been smoking since he was 12. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I like those. And it's, you know, it's really upbeat. It's a great track. Um, we know what we're going to get. Right. You know, it's ACDC. It's not going to suck. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm pumped. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing this album. I mean, actually, tonight at midnight Eastern, you can check it out on streaming platforms. Right. So I'm sure that's what I'll be doing. Power up. Yeah. That's the the thing about the thing I love about ACDC. Besides the fact that it's always good, and you know what you're gonna get is that. 
even though it sounds like the same thing you've heard your whole life, it sounds familiar as hell. It still doesn't sound like a dated track. Yeah, exactly. It still sounds like it's ACDC. It doesn't sound, it sounds relevant to me. And that is, that's the mark of a truly great act or band or performer, whatever. Yeah. You know, when you can do that timeless shit. Right. So we didn't get an advanced copy of this. I don't understand why. (laughs) Well, I have a good idea. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we didn't get a call to have Malcolm on our podcast. Malcolm, sorry. I'm batting a thousand and one. Damn, you did it again. (laughs) Motherfuck. By the way, since I said Malcolm, they have said that most of these tracks were from riff ideas that he had, which is good, right? Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, And they've also stated that there's a ton more songs that they've got sitting around that they need to record. So maybe that's maybe that means we'll have more ACDC sooner than later. Right. Well, you know. Um, I, d- I doubt it. But <laughs> I, I don't know. You, you never know. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be at least a year before you can have huge arena shows. That's true. So ACDC will be So they might shows. be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's let's do another one, which would be unprecedented because they usually go like nine years between albums or whatever the shit it is. It'll be Six like years the, or something. It'll be like the seventies ACDC pumping yeah, out every yeah, year. Exactly. So that would be cool. Time will tell, I guess. All right. So let's play some music. Okay. We've got a, a track here that came out, I believe it came out in August from in theory. We played them before on the podcast. I believe it was late last year. Their track. She's gone from the go, go tuner family album that came out it's a great album it has a lot of a lot of different people on it we talked all about that on our episode with mike mostert who is the guitarist for in theory but in theory is now putting out put out this song they've got some more music coming soon they're focusing on this band so let's check it out here's in theory heroes
from In Theory, brand new track from them, featuring Mike Mostert on guitar, Tony Cavino on vocals. Man, that dude's voice is something else. It's got a Glenn Hughes vibe going on there a lot of times, I think, and Glenn Hughes has been on this podcast, by the way. I love saying that anytime I can. Right. Um, Yeah, this is a great song. It was kind of like blues prod in a way. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Um, I, I don't know. It's like they've got this one theme... But they, they kind of do different things with it throughout the song in different kind of movements. Man, that's uh, a great way to describe it. I didn't even think about that. So I just, that, that's kind of the thing that, like, let's do the riff like this, and then let's do it like this. Let's have the same thing, but do it like this. Is it, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me, first listen. Maybe I should listen to it again. But it just kind of, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. It was like a few different parts in one song, but they all... They all meld together perfectly. Yeah, kind of, huh? they kind of, it's kind of off the same thing. I don't know. Right. I get what you're saying. But yeah, check out, like I said, Mike Moster was on here earlier this year. It's, I look back at that actually, and we recorded it before the pandemic started, but it's actually the first episode we put out once the pandemic started. Nice. Anyway, it came out back in March, so check that one out. And speaking of that. Mike and Tony, the vocalist, will be on this podcast coming soon. Just recorded one earlier this week, talking about this song and everything else they've got coming up. So be looking out for that one as well. But yeah, check out In Theory, follow them on their socials, check out this track, and check out the Go Go Tuner Family album. It has a couple In Theory tracks on there as well, along with a plethora of other great musicians. So yeah, check out In Theory and tell them that Nerd Ground sent you. Right. Right, anything else floating through your mind you want to get off your chest before we talk about Tyler Bryant? Uh, yeah, what do you think about the, uh, I didn't read the whole story, I just saw the headline today about, you know, when Ticketmaster kicks in shows again, they're going to require you to get tested or have, you know, a vaccine or results or something. What do you think about that? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I saw, I'm not going to say who it is because I, I don't, I don't want, I mean, that that's, doesn't matter, but, you know, on Instagram, somebody Somebody from a band shared that and was like, fuck you, Ticketmaster. But at the same time, whether it doesn't matter what you believe or not, you know, whether you look at this as a political situation or not, when it comes to, you know, if you, if you look at this in a litigious way, I get how Ticketmaster is doing that. Yeah. You know, CYA, cover your ass. Right. You know, there are some Sue happy people out there. Yeah. Who are don't want to do an uh, honest day's work would just rather get some money. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, that makes sense because <clears throat> my, my first instinct on anything like this was like, and this affects just, you because you work big shows and stuff. So I kind of yeah. wanted to see what you thought. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a discussion I've had kind of in somewhat detail with our friend Tommy. Right, right. Because, you know, he's way more involved in that than I am. But, like, I had mentioned at one point, you know, you could just have people sign a waiver. He's the person that mentioned that that would not fly as far as the law goes. Really? Well, he's just like, he's like, I don't know. I don't remember exactly why. Well, if anyone knows the law, it's him. Yeah. He's like, it's just too complicated or whatever. And so that's probably why Ticketmaster is doing something like that instead. And my first instinct when I saw that headline was kind of what you said. It's going to piss off more people than people that even I'm not talking about politically. It's just going to like, it's just going to convolute shit, which is already going to happen anyway. Right. But I, you know, and you've heard all these, I've heard other things about festivals, like, you know, we're going to have to have check people every day and all this stuff. I'm like, there's no way you can logistically do that in a timely manner uh-huh. and have it be ac- up to date and accurate. Right. Can't have people stand in a line and do rapid tests or whatever <laughs> and to get in line, yeah. you know, or show up with a piece of paper that says, I got a test, you know, yeah. last week. That doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> on top of running the risk of being liable, well, what if, you know, you could get a lot more people sick. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is on that. I think like that, just like everything else that's going on, like, oh, you know, you see several major bands like Metallica just now pushed back their shows in December, which everybody knew wasn't going to happen. Yeah. The South America. Yeah. 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 But stuff like that, where you see bands having to keep rescheduling dates so they have them on the books. Mm -hmm. I think this type of thing is going to be ever evolving up until the point that it's actually like, okay, we can do a festival or we can do an arena show or whatever. Mm -hmm. October of 2021 or January of 2022, whenever, I think we won't know until we get closer to that, like really yeah. how they're going to have to handle shit. Right. I, I just, you know, this is my opinion. Doesn't mean shit. This is just me. I, I just wish, it, it seems like people are just really hoping. So they just kind of will it to be and like, yeah, we're going to book this and this and this. It's like, you know what? Unless there's a 2022 after it, just. Just stand down. Just don't even worry about it. But I think it's like a, a necessity. I, I see, and that's what I I know. There's money like you involved. Have, there's jobs. I get it. But I mean, it's a necessity and a fact of like, <clears throat> you know, say the Megadeth Lamb of God tour. It's like we got to book these dates just so we have that date in case we can do it. Yeah. Then if it comes next spring and it's looking like, oh, okay, this isn't going to happen. And it's like, okay, let's rebook her for 2022. But I think it's just like an ongoing thing. Yeah, I, I get that. that. You're probably right. It has, they just have to have, have to have it there just so like people aren't scrambling next year. Yeah. To grab up a date if it's possible to do a show, you know, on a big scale at least. So I don't know. Just like all this other crap, we'll find out. I think by next spring, we'll know pretty well like what's going to happen at least. Through the summer. Yeah. Probably even into the fall. And see, and that's the thing is like, we're having a conversation like this and there's nothing, there's fucking, excuse me, there's nothing we can do to end this conversation on like a sharp point. Right. It's just really like, we stopped talking. You know, okay. well, yeah, <laughs> we just have to stop. Okay. Well, cause Tyler I mean, Bryan. Y- yeah. yeah, you don't know because this shit is so crazy and it's ever changing. We really don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. And you can't, you can't put a pin, you can't put a period on any of it. Yeah. So it's just, uh, 
we're living through some history, man. We are. That's right. You know, like it or not, like people you're on this side or that side, we are living through some history. Like some people have joked about it. You know, I don't even think it's a joke. It's truth. It's like 20 years from now, 30 years from now, kids in a school will have a history book that has full chapters dedicated to sections of just this year. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Or the 2020, you know, 2021 yeah. era of time, you know? Yeah, it'll be like, um, it'll be a unit. You know, remember in elementary school, we used to have units, yeah. like the dinosaur unit. Yeah. Or, you know, the 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 constitution unit. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to have the 2020 unit. Right. <laughs> like lasts all week, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the day one's going to be about the pandemic. <sighs> day two's going to be about politics. Day three's going to be about... Yeah. Murder yeah. hornets, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, today we're going to talk about the fucking giant Cheeto man with the fucking crazy hair. And then tomorrow we're going to talk about the sleepy guy with the fucking plastic surgery that, that, that ran against him. I mean, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. But that is probably going to be a thing, yes. Yeah. I got a transition for you. Okay. The last festival that i worked was exit 111 right. in tennessee and tyler bryant and shakedown was oh there. man and i saw him okay so you've seen him more than me i've only yeah. seen him at the seven dust and clutch show we saw him at rocklahoma right on the side stage no that was the day it was all fucked Wait. it was all so far back and forth oh okay so yeah i guess i have seen him more than you yeah i'm i'm i missed him that time okay but we both saw him at the Seven Dust Clutch Tour, yes, yes. they were opening that, and that's actually one of the things that we talk about here in this interview, which is such a fantastic bill, because, I mean, Clutch has always been great about right. mixing it up with the people they tour with. Which which everybody should. Yeah, but it's like, when you see that kind of, like, listed out, it's like, it looks a little like, well, that's kind of odd, but when you hear it, it's not, because Tyler Bryan and Shakedown, they're like blues rock power, yeah. and it, when they bring it live it's even heavier than what you're hearing on record just because of the power of these guys live you know he even mentions in here that beside you know seven dust you know they played with they played the grass pop metal festival i didn't even know that until he mentioned that in this interview yeah i didn't know that and uh holy shit but just think about the versatility of this band they (laughs) went on tour with like those two bands they went on tour or they opened several shows for guns and roses yeah then they went on tour with Blackstone Cherry. Yeah. They went on tour with Blackberry Smoke. Yeah. I mean, this, this band can go on tour with anybody. That, and that's the thing. You know, I hate to deviate from this band right now, but... It's the same thing we said about Blackstone Cherry a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the same thing where, like, back in the day when Soundgarden, Pantera, and Skid Row toured together. Yeah. Or, you know, when Leonard Skinner and Black Sabbath would tour together. Yeah, or as or recent Motley crew, typo negative kings. X. Yeah, 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 exactly. A good point, and I didn't think about that one. Good one, and also, you know, it was recently, even though it was canceled, Metallica with Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, say what you want, that's crazy, um, and that's kind of what I think that's what needs to happen. You know, I hope to see more of that because I think that would kind of help out, you know, rock in general. In Clutch, Seven Dust and Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown was one of those bills. It was like, this is what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah. And like we talked about right off the top here, the album Pressure came out last month, and it's fantastic. I mean, it's like, 
from beginning to end, I mean, it's it spans everything. The, yeah. The hard rock bluesy stuff to the, the soulful stuff to the rootsy stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they got this stuff down pat. Yes, they do. So check out Pressure if you have not yet. I guess let's just get into it. Here's Tyler Bryant of Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. completed prior to the pandemic or is this something you guys have still been working on over the past few months no this this album was sort of our response to the pandemic and to all the shows all of our shows getting canceled you know we uh, we were planning on being on the road all year long and you know then like every other band all of our shows got canceled and, and we just kind of circled the wagons and and decided that we didn't want to not make music so we just got together and started jamming and decided we would make an EP. It started out as we were going to make a four song EP and that turned into a 13 song album. Was it like harder recording during a pandemic? I mean, at first, I mean, were like studios open or do you have your own studio? How did all that go? Yeah. I mean, we were looking at, at, uh, you know, we were looking at different studios that we would potentially like to work at here in Nashville and, and everything was just shutting down. Um, and so we we called our good friend Roger Allen Nichols and said, "Hey, we got a crazy idea. We want to make a record um, in our home studio. Like I, I have a studio in my house, like in my basement. That's that I use to to you know make demos when I'm writing. But half, the thing is, with a lot of the demos that we make, you end up capturing a, a vibe and sort of a magic that's often hard to recreate once you get into the studio to do it for real. So we thought, well, why don't we just do it for real to begin with? And just, you know, I think we we called Roger to, to get him to push it that extra, extra 10, 20% sonically. Um, because that's something that whenever you're in the writing process, in the creative process recording, like, I don't want to have to think about the snare drum sound or if the mic is placed in the right spot. And, and he kind of came over and, and helped us in that in that regard and as well as creatively musically gotcha well you guys recently released holding my breath like how did the guest spot working with uh, charlie star come about oh man well we toured with blackberry smoke charlie's just a great friend of mine and um he's one of my favorite one of my favorite singers of all time and whenever we we started talking about having a high harmony on that song and and he came to my mind immediately. I thought, you know, so sick to have him singing that just, just from like a fan's perspective, like me being a fan of him, I was like, it would be just awesome to have him singing on one of our songs. <laughs> yeah. Was he, I mean, did you have the song ready to go when you asked him to do it or did he, was he involved in the uh, writing or anything? Yeah. No, he wasn't involved in the writing of the song. Actually, I had the song. We already had it mixed whenever I kind of had the idea. So this, we were getting near the end of the process. Like we were in the mix phase. And I sent, start, I asked him if he would sing on it, and I sent him the song. And um, I didn't hear back from him for a second. And then we actually went and got, we finished the mixes, got the record mastered. And then I sent Charlie the masters, and he said, hey, do you still want me to sing on that song? 
I was like, yeah, <laughs> we had it remastered with his vocal. Nice. Now that we've heard that song and we've heard Crazy Days, what else could fans expect on this album that's like maybe a progression from the previous albums? Oh, man. I think I think sonically this record is um, it's very true to what the shakedown sounds like if you were to come hear us live. You know, there's a song, Hitchhiker, that we wrote in the studio that we pretty much just made up on the spot and played it down twice and we tracked it live. And it, to me, it kind of, it just shows that raw sort of visceral energy that the band has whenever we're playing live. And I think that's often lost in the studio with bands like us. It's hard to, it's just hard to capture it, you know, when you're not feeding off of that the energy of people. And I think we've been just kind of imagining that exchange even more since we kind of can't have it at all. Right. Um, so there's, there's definitely some really raw live feeling moments on the record, as well as some intimate moments in uh, something like, like the old me, for example, or uh, misery or loner. Um, you know, we we're, were just trying to, to stretch out and push our own boundaries a little. Well, you mentioned that this album wasn't technically planned pre pandemic. So you guys basically have three full-length albums out in the past three years once this is out during a time when a lot of bands are kind of leaning towards either less output or singles or EPs. I kind of talk about having so much content come out here in the past few years. Yeah, you know, I just, I like albums. You know, my favorite, some of my favorite songs are the deep cuts on albums, not the singles. You know, like if... You know, if I'm thinking about like Wildflowers by Tom Petty, I'm thinking about Crawling Back to You, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, I like the track seven, so I like the track eights. And uh, I think that oftentimes times the music industry d doesn't give the audience enough credit, you know. I think people have more of an attention span than, <laughs> than the industry thinks sometimes. I mean, I get it that, you know, we're living in a singles world and a, a world where people can cherry pick songs on Spotify or iTunes. But, you know, I think that this band has always been about doing it grassroots and we've spent so much time just building an audience that's there for, for us, not, not because of any other reason they're there because they know that they're going to get a, a full on rock show. And, uh, I think we just, we tried to deliver that in the albums. And I think this record is, I think that I think that we succeeded at this one. We know that uh, Graham comes from rock royalty bloodline. Talk about what Graham and Caleb bring to the shakedown that, that makes it the shakedown. Yeah, well, I mean, Graham Graham just has a like a way of playing that is he, he's just packed with attitude. You know, like I could play I could play the same exact chords as Graham, and it would sound completely different because when he attacks the strings, he attacks it with you know everything he's got. And, and I, and I love that about his playing. Um, so yeah, I can, I can make a demo at home by myself and, and it sound cool and it get the point across. Like, for example, I did that with that song, crazy days. I had Caleb left his drum kit over here. I played a little drum groove. I played the bass line and tracked a few guitar parts. And then you go, you hear the shakedown version and you go, Oh yeah, that's why it's Tyler Bryant and the shakedown. <laughs> Um, because they, those guys bring so much, you know, Caleb is, Caleb and our brothers, you know, he knows what I'm going to do before I even know what I'm going to do half the time. So that's how we're able to get these 
one or two take recordings where, you know, for example, that song Coast in the end of the record, Caleb had never heard that before. We'd never played it before. He was in a different room, couldn't see me, and we played it down once. And that's the record version. And that's the, the, the record ends with me going, because I was just like, you got to be kidding me. He just nailed that. <laughs> so it's, you know, that's just from being on the road for year after, you know, year after year, spending so much time together. Yeah, man, I'm lucky to play with those guys. Most recent time I saw you guys live was on the Clutch 7 Dust Tour. And I thought that was a an amazing lineup of, you know, diverse styles overall. Like, how did crowds react to you guys since you were, you know, a little more blues-based than the other two bands are? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I think, you know, Clutch t- lends, tends to lean a little bit more bluesy than Seven Dust. But all in all, I think that the, you know, the, the fans were really cool and, and receptive. And I do like that rock and roll is so diverse, you know, and that... The, that I, that was what was so appealing about that tour to us was we were going when when have we ever played for a lot of Seven Dust fans you know we haven't done a lot of touring with you know bands that play that more like modern mainstream rock so we we thought it would be kind of cool um, and Clutch is one of our favorite bands so I think it went pretty well with everything going on. This year specifically, how important do you feel new music is during a time like this? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I, I, I get why certain bands are, are withholding, you know, from releasing albums and releasing new music. Because you can't go out and tour the music. You, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to promote stuff. Um, but as just as a fan of music, I've found myself like desperately searching for for things to keep me inspired, to keep me positive, to keep me rocking. And uh, that's, that's sort of what this album was for us. It was just our way to, to keep going and to, to stay positive. And, you know, I hope that this record is able to do that for, for our audience, but I, I do think it's important. Well, you mentioned kind of not being able to promote the album on the road. Like, do you guys have any things planned in mind to, in a way to promote pressure in the coming months? Yeah, well, on, uh, I guess it's on Friday, our release day, October 16th, um, we're doing a, an album release show. We've already, we've pre-recorded the show, you know, but we essentially had to build a venue where we rented lights, brought out all the sound equipment, recorded the show, hired a, you know, hired a camera crew and put together a, a full on concert, you know, the, as best as we could, um, and so we're doing, it'll be hosted on our website and there'll be a live chat where the band will be in there interacting with fans all over the world. That's the cool thing about it is, you know, you can do one show and it's not just for the people of Lexington, Kentucky or Nashville, Tennessee or Paris, France, the whole world can tune in. So that's, what's kind of cool about it. But, you know, we're just trying to make the most of, of that situation. And from there, I think we're still, we're just going to take it as it comes. When you when you record a show like that, is it odd, like feeling without the crowd energy there? Does it just feel kind of like a rehearsal? Yeah, it feels a lot like soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's the thing. It's like like we can sound check with with the shakedown and and uh, and it be and it sound cool, but then whenever the crowd gets in there, it it just amplifies the energy. So 
I think that we were very mindful of that when we were re- recording this album release show. It's like, you know, the, I, most of the show I have my eyes closed and I'm, and I'm just reminiscing on all of these shows we've had in the past and, and just trying to imagine who it's for and, you know, put that intention into the performance because I think that's just, that's the only way it gets across is, is by really, you know, making the intention very pointed. And uh, I think, I think that, that hopefully our fans will feel that with this show. Well, something else you guys were involved with this year is that song ROCK from Ray, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Like, did he contact you guys to be involved with that? How did that whole process come about? <laughs> that's a great, uh, it's a great story. Actually. We were playing the grass pop metal meeting. <laughs> um, I, I want to say it was, I don't remember where it was, like Belgium or something or the Netherlands. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly where it was. We're playing metal festival. Uh, and we played, we played fairly early in the day and had the day to chill and watch some bands. And we were doing press, um, after our set backstage. And one of the things we did for press was carpool karaoke. Okay. And I just thought it would be hilarious to do snake farm at a metal <laughs> festival, wherever we were. And just because nobody there had heard that song before. So we're doing, you know, everybody was doing like Slayer or Slipknot or whatever. And I was like, let's do Ray Wiley Hubbard's Snake Farm. And everyone thought it was the funniest song, which is a great song. Um, but they posted it on Twitter. And the next day I had a, a message from Ray Wiley Hubbard saying, hey, I'd love to write a song with you. And then he started sending me ideas. Wow. And we just, we struck up a friendship. He came to Nashville and, you know, we went and had lunch and then, you know, over lunch, we started talking. It's like, Hey, you want to go jam? And next thing you know, we'd written a handful of songs and recorded them. And that, that song, uh, rock is basically, that was the demo that we recorded when we wrote the song. Like the demo versions what came out, you mean? Yeah. We just, we recorded the song, you know, just, right then and there and uh and and that's what ended up on his record so it's kind of what i was talking about about you know doing the record here in, at the home studio because you start you start to capture a vibe and a magic and and uh you know I, I don't think that we could do that song that way again because he i mean he sang it down once and was just having fun and i think that was kind of the whole point of this record that we made was just to have fun like that and not like take it so seriously yeah. I mean, you've obviously done a lot of stuff this year as far as recording goes. And like you said, you recorded that show recently, like, but without being able to tour and be out playing more often, what have you done to keep your voice, you know, fresh and in shape? Oh man. Well, I mean, I'm just, I've been writing songs and, and recording them. That's, yeah. that's kind of it. I've, you know, I'm, I'm constantly playing and singing. It's not like, it's not something I don't go a day without, without doing that. Okay. So I'm sure that I'm sure that my wife wished that I did sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of this year being kind of weird and outside of the recording, the album and everything, how have you been spending your personal time during the downtime of the pandemic? Um, well, I got some fishing done early on in the year, um, which was great. I, I love to fish. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, been enjoying doing some hiking. You know, we just. Uh, we just took a little trip to the Smoky Mountains and hiked up Mount LeConte, which was really cool. It was like 11 miles, you know, five, five and a half up, five and a half down. Felt like someone took a baseball bat to my 
legs. And then, uh, you know, just stuff like that, trying to just enjoy time, you know, outside. Been doing a lot of cooking outside. Just, you know, I've been building out my, my home studio and I've been um, producing a, an engineering this gospel album for an artist named Frankie Ballard, which is, you know, been, been very fun and, and creatively rewarding as well. I got to engineer a, a record for my wife's band, Larkin Poe, which, the, you know, whenever you're engineering a record, it's a lot different than when you're playing on a record because you, then I'm, I'm focused more on the, the nerdy sonic elements, which is, is very fun. And I, and I totally love it. So. Is that something you've been involved with for a while or is that more recent? Um, I've done it. I've done it for the shakedown a lot, but I've, recently I've, I've started doing it with, with other artists. Um, you know, I mean, the Ray Wiley Hubbard thing was something, I think that was sort of an eye opener for me where I, I heard the song on his record and I was like, man, that was just something that we made. And, and I think that there's this idea that you, you kind of have, or a lot of artists have that's, oh, we have to go into a, a really nice studio and spend all of our money to do something. When the truth is, it's, you, you just have to have the drive and the willpower, you know, and then you can, you can do it. Because I've, I've still yet to meet a producer who could make me sound better than I sound on my own. You know, that, I think the idea is a lot of bands think that, you know, just because you have a big name producer or somebody that it's, it's going to make you, you know, a star or, you know, fix whatever is not happening. Um, which I'm sure that there probably are people who do that. You know, there's also like those people who will replay everything that a band does. But as far as making organic music, like we like to make and, you know, like the records I'm drawn to, I think it's just, it's about capturing the vibe. Was there, is there stuff you've picked up from the producers, the shakedown has worked with that you use in, you know, your own stuff when you're producing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I keep a, I keep a journal like working with, you know, working with Andy Johns, working with um, Joel Hamilton, working with Vance Powell. Um, I've learned so much from watching Vance Powell over the years. And same thing with Roger Allen Nichols, who co-produced this record with us. He's, I think he's one of Nashville's best kept secrets. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's like going to school when you get to work with these guys. I saw your video that you released the other day of the good ones that you had wrote mm -hmm. about, you know, some past musicians that you dedicated to Eddie. Like, I mean, if you don't mind saying like, what did Eddie Van Halen mean to you personally? And if there was any influence on you at a young age or even still to this day? Oh man. Yeah. Eddie meant, Eddie meant a, a, a great deal to me. Um, my first guitar as a child was a children's version of the Frankenstein strat, okay. you know, a little mini version. And, uh, as I as I got older and started getting into Van Halen, it was he he became one of those guitar heroes that seemed longer than life to me. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's just there's never been anyone else to do it like that before. So I just keep I just keep thinking like, yeah, I feel lucky that I was alive at the same time as him. Yeah, the shakedown's more blues based in your style. Like, what do you think? you might do when you're playing now that was directly influenced by what Eddie brought along, even though he was more of kind of a shredder. Well, I mean, there's certain things that I've, uh, you know, there's, there's like a couple of little things that, that, he, that he would do with the finger tapping to where it wasn't like the, the 
really fast finger tapping, like a lot of people know him for. Um, he he was able to do these like one one tap licks that would almost make guitar sound like a slide. Um, and so I mean that's something I've been I stole that from him a long time ago, which I'm not I think he might have gotten that from Billy Gibbons. I'm not sure, but you know there's there's there are little things in my playing that I've learned from watching Eddie Van Halen videos over the years um, that I'll just keep doing, you know, and and just you know I just think about him a little more when I do it now. Like, what's your favorite song or riff or anything from Eddie? I don't know. It's probably, uh, I really do like uh, Ice Cream Man. Yeah. But this is, like, on one of their last records, there was a song called As Is. And it had this heavy, heavy, low-tuned riff. Um, and that's the thing. He, like, even, like, on their last records, he was still just crushing it. Yeah. Did did you ever get a chance to see him live? No, I did not. But I wish I I wish that I would have. Yeah. Did I, you? Yeah, but it's been back. I saw him on the Balance tour in '96. How was it? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, I was I kind of came up in that you know era where I was a bigger fan of the Hagar era than I was the early stuff. And then as I got older, I you know it's it's pretty even now. But you know to be able to see that tour, I. I love that album, and I just think it's so underrated and underappreciated. So I'm glad I got to see that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, we got to we got to work with this producer Andy Johns, um, who did the uh, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge record, and he had some great great stories. And uh, but yeah, that's but that's the thing is like I I I I never really got picked a picked a side where where it was like David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar because to me I was just like Eddie was, he was that band. Like both of those frontmen and singers, and you know those guys, those guys are insane, and they're bringing so much to the table, in very different ways. But for me, it was like cool if Eddie's there, I'm there, I'm 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 for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. I mean, even if you go back and listen to Van Halen Three with Gary Sharon, there's a ton of you know great stuff on there that everybody just kind of dismissed. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me today. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate you uh, supporting us and uh, look forward to seeing you at a show when the dust settles down. There you go. Tyler Bryant, guitarist, vocalist of Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. A huge thank you to John Freeman of Freeman Promotions for his continued support of this podcast. And of course, a massive thank you to Tyler Bryant for taking some time out there to talk about everything they've got going on. And it's pretty cool to hear you hear so many bands of like, Oh, we had this album done before the pandemic, or the pandemic slowed us down. Where Tyler Bryant is shakedown, he said, "We made this album because the pandemic, because we didn't have, we weren't on tour." Right. You know, that's kind of what you thought more bands would do, but it's like, you know how studios are. It's hard to make that happen when things are closed down. But so these these guys now have three albums in the last four years. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And they're like, I mean, I would put them up there, you know, with your rival sons and these, these bands that are pumping out content that is fucking amazing yeah. that more people need to get on board with. I mean, I know well, that this isn't the type of music that's ever going to be running up the charts because because not, people suck and they're yeah. stupid and they don't like good music. Right. Sorry. That's the fucking, that's the real hard fact. Well, yeah. I mean, because on a grand scale, that's always like been that should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always, you know, I've always said, I think I maybe I've mentioned to you a while back, but 
There should be, when all the shit gets clear, there should be like a festival, like a Rival Sons, Blackstone Cherry, Blackberry Smoke, Tyler Bryant, Greta Van Fleet, just like Dirty, Dirty Honey. Honey, just a lot of the, the like Sheepdogs, a lot of the rock bands, you yeah. know? Not Damon the Johnson metal. and the Get Ready. Damon John, perfect. Yeah. And just have like, you know, a rolling festival of like the good fucking rock and roll, you know? Um, the, the whiskey soaked, no fucking industrial intros or eight string guitars, you know, Fender Strats, Gibson Les Pauls, Telecaster, fucking, <laughs> fucking rock and roll. I can see the poster now too. It'd be that, those old school ones with the multicolored background and stars. Yes, like, separating the names. Or the yeah. The, <laughs> oh, dude, totally. Or like you know the um, well, big block letters. <clears throat> that fucking Blackstone Cherry Tyler Bryant exactly tour right. poster. Yeah, that's had what I'm the thinking multicolors. Of. It looked like it was that. I mean, that's that's what we need. That's what needs to fucking happen. Yeah, you know, throw a Joyce Wolf on there. There you go. I mean, fuck, come on, that that needs to happen. Yeah. And hey, speaking of those bands, Joyous Wolf, Nick the Singer has been on this podcast. Been on the show. Damon Johnson has been on this podcast four times. Four times. Tyler Bryant has technically been on here now twice, even though the first time was a little bit of what you just heard. (laughs) But our episode from a couple weeks ago, or probably three weeks ago now, episode 292, was the Eddie Van Halen tribute. Mm -hmm. We had 14 guests on it, Tyler Bryant being one of them. So check that out. It's also got members of Tesla and Slaughter and Helmet and a long list of guys that joined us on that, which is very cool. So dig back through everything we've had on, hell, guys, from both the bands we talked about, Tyler Bryant touring with, touring with earlier, Clutch and Seven Dust. We've had on guys from Kiss, Guns N' Roses, Avatar, Megadeth, Testament, Warrant. Sons of Texas, Junkyard, Great White, a long-ass list that you can dig through everything on neatthunderunderground.com. You can listen right there. You can listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are heard, Spotify, all those great places. Follow us on all our socials. They're also right there on the website. Click like, share, all that great stuff. Anytime you see a post, that greatly helps out. YouTube. At the Thunder Underground, subscribe there. We've got recent reviews of the new Alter Bridge EP, the new Saul album. We might be having one coming up in this next week of Dark Tranquility. You never know. Don't quote me on that, even though I just said it recorded. <laughs> but regardless, on that note, next Friday the 20th, Dark Tranquility's new album comes out. And the vocalist, Michael... We'll be on this podcast very soon. Yes. Hey, you could be the next guest. We don't really know. We haven't (laughs) planned that out. But there's a lot of guests that we have recorded. So coming up next, it could be Michael from Dark Tranquility. It could be Paige Hamilton from Helmet. It could be Mike Spritzer from Devil Driver. It could be the almighty John Karabi. It could be Reb fucking Beach from Winger. (laughs) You never know. It could be Mitch Perry. It could be Eric Bass. Goddamn. It could be... <clears throat> Mike Monster and Tony Cavino of In Theory. It could be... It could be... Uh, I think there's one more I'm missing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I know it could be Severmind. 
Well, which you can cut that out if you want. No, I said. But we know that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> next week because Severmind has to be two mm. more episodes. There has to be two more episodes before we get to. There's that. some placing, some strategery, yeah. some strategery is. Yes. W would say. But what we can say, guaranteed, three episodes from now, episode 300. Severmind will be back on this podcast. Of course. So be looking for that one as well. Got anything else fantastic to say? I'm good. I, I said all kinds of fantastic shit. That's right. All right. Join us next week when we have one of those <laughs> plethora of people we just mentioned. <laughs> Once again, huge thank you to Freeman Promotions, Tyler Bryant, MedFarm, Sunset Tattoo, Hell Hot Hot Sauce, and DEB Concerts. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.